You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. About six months ago, I woke up and got ready for the day. And it was a Sunday morning, and I was preparing to give the teaching at church that day. And as I was practicing, my mind just went blank. As I tried to recall the words, what I had practiced, everything was just gone. And it was almost like my own body had betrayed me. I had called George and had asked, what do I do? I I didn't know if I was able to teach later in just a couple hours. And he so graciously helped me through deciding that it was actually— a Sunday where the recording would play instead. And instead of being live to teach as I had practiced, I had to stay at home and process through what had just happened. And as I processed through tears, I realized that my body was letting me know that I was not okay before my mind even knew I wasn't okay. Just a month prior, I had experienced a tragic loss with the community I was raised in. One of the men part of this community had collapsed one night and then spent the next two weeks in the ICU and then went to go be with Jesus. And that period of time was spent deep in the valley of grief with my family and our community. And I realized now that month later, about six months ago now to this day, that as I tried to practice the teaching, that it was my body's response to grief limiting me that morning. We all carry different stories of grief, pain, sorrow, and suffering. The past few years have revealed that none of us can escape the hardships of being human in this broken world. Suffering often appears in the spaces between what we thought would be and what reality is. We are currently in a teaching series working through the book of Colossians. Paul is writing to the church of Colossae and is under house arrest awaiting a trial with Caesar. The church community he is writing to is experiencing cultural pressures, tempting them to turn away from Jesus. Paul is writing to them to encourage the community and address this concern. From the scriptures, we will be addressing the topic of suffering. Together, we'll journey through three elements of moving through suffering that I am learning and that Paul teaches in this letter, that God repurposes our pain, and we can have companionship with the wounded healer, And there's an invitation to embrace the mystery. Each of us has a unique experience with suffering. My hope is that we can stand with each other, acknowledging that pain is pain. My hope is that as I muddle through this messy part of Paul's letter to the Colossians, is that it would not feel insensitive to your journey. Instead, it would honor the pain each of us carries and give space to hurt and look for where God is within this hurt. To begin, when enduring painful circumstances, we can find hope in God repurposing our pain. Paul had the perspective to be able to see his suffering as being repurposed to empower the church. In Colossians 1, 24-25, Paul writes, I am happy because of what I am suffering for you. My suffering joins with and continues the sufferings of Christ. I suffer for His body, which is the church. I serve the church. God appointed me to bring the complete Word of God to you. I believe in a God who redeems everything if we allow Him to. 
Repurposing is all about redemption. God repurposes the sorrow and suffering of this life into the redemption. Though our reality of grief may still be our experience, Jesus offers hope in the midst of grief that our pain is not wasted. Though God doesn't cause that pain, He is a redemptive God who uses our suffering. I believe this is where we find the strength to shift our lens to see our pain as repurposed. One of the most significant ways I believe pain is repurposed is the way it connects us as fellow broken humans and encourages others enduring hardship. I've noticed there's a bond with others who may hold pain, unanswered prayer, or sorrow. This bond is so much stronger than people who may have similar strengths. Our scars are far more often what heals others rather than our strengths and competencies. I find that as I trust the wisdom and advice given from people with battle scars and tear marks on their faces even more than people whose lives appear to have worked out well for them. Experiencing grief and pain appears to often connect us with others in a way that would have never been formed a greater, as great a bond if not for the shared difficulties. This is a way pain can be repurposed. We can offer encouragement and compassion to someone else suffering by helping hold their struggles. Compassion actually means with suffering and to suffer together. A friend and mentor and I call each other co-sufferers. This term is not used to receive pity or to grumble about our circumstances, at least some of the time. Instead, it is a word to find encouragement from someone who understands hard situations. It means that I am not alone in my struggles. This bond has only been strengthened through enduring painful seasons. The people in our lives who become co-sufferers can together descend into the valleys of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Repurposed pain allows us to see others through the lens of our own suffering, which in turn expands our capacity for empathy, compassion, grace, and love, ultimately making us more like Jesus. This is pain repurposed. Next, we can find companionship with a wounded healer who is Jesus. Paul was suffering from announcing to the Greek and Roman world that Jesus is Lord. Paul's suffering isn't his defeat, but his way of participating in Jesus' suffering out of love. When Paul addresses suffering, he shares that it is Jesus strengthening him within the suffering. He writes in Colossians 1.28, Christ is the one we preach about. With all the wisdom we have, we warn and teach everyone. When we bring them to God, we want them to be like Christ. We want them to be grown up as people who belong to Christ. That's what I'm working for. I work hard with all the strength of Christ. His strength works powerfully in me. It is from Jesus that Paul found his strength. Earlier, we read Paul's words, My suffering joins with and continues the sufferings of Christ. Paul understood that Jesus knew suffering well. The reality of Jesus knowing suffering means that we can find a companion in someone who knows the ache of being human. I have come to believe that a God who doesn't know suffering close up probably isn't a God worth trusting. I once read that Jesus is not just a healer. He is the kind of doctor that has dealt with the same disease. A doctor with experiential compassion for what we are going through. We not only can have our pain repurposed to hold the harder parts of life together with our co-sufferers, we also have Jesus as our co-sufferer. Johnny Erickson Tata is a woman who became a quadriplegic from a diving accident. She once wrote, Jesus went without comfort so that you might have it. 
He postponed joy so that you might share in it. He willingly chose isolation so that you might never be alone in your hurt and sorrow. Because of Jesus' experience with suffering, only Jesus makes suffering sufferable. He did this by humbling himself to endure suffering while on earth. Jesus endured the reality from the consequences of choices that he never made on our behalf. He saved us by suffering. God is not a distant God. I have found myself drawn to a God whose own presence comforts and heals because he understands betrayal, unanswered prayer, physical pain, loss of a loved one, and even death on a cross. Our God is willing to enter the darkness with us and willingly sits with us in our pain. Lastly, we have an invitation to embrace the mystery of suffering. Paul continues to share in Colossians 1, 25-27, God appointed me to bring the complete word of God to you. That word contains the mystery that has been hidden for many ages. But now it has been made known to the Lord's people. God has chosen to make known to them the glorious riches of that mystery. He has made it known among the Gentiles. And here is what it is. Christ is in you. He is your hope of glory. The mystery of suffering that so many cannot fathom or see is that Jesus is in you. It is this way and pattern of Jesus, which is the way of the cross, that turns our suffering love into hope and ultimately beyond hope into eternal glory. It is a life that will shine brightly from embracing the mystery of the suffering servant Jesus who journeys with us. Embracing the mystery of suffering is only possible through hope. Hope that all will be redeemed one day in the second coming of Jesus. Hope that this life is temporary and there is an eternal life with Jesus. Hope produces unexplainable joy. That is why Paul writes, I am happy because of what I am suffering for you. Joy is trusting the transformation God is cultivating through this messy life that strengthens us while we wait for us all to be healed and redeemed. We are limited in our perspective and can learn to live in the tensions of this life, the here and the not yet kingdom of God. We don't have to have it all figured out, though we can accept the invitation to trust the coming good because of the nature of God. Catherine and Jay Wolf introduced me to the phrase, the upside-down kingdom of God. Catherine endured a near-fatal stroke at 26 years old. Catherine and her husband Jay have been profound voices in my own learning of stewarding suffering. They share on their organization Hope Heals website that they are disrupting the myth that joy can only be found in a pain-free life. I will never truly understand how upside down life can be when I'm able to find encouragement from connecting with others' scars and wounds. This upside down life is also found in a greater capacity for longing for Jesus when we endure painful experiences. This is the mystery of pain. The upside down nature of the kingdom of God is that I find myself most encouraged from having conversations with my co-sufferer about grief, loss, and heartache. This mystery is also seen in the unexpected refinement and spiritual maturity birthed from suffering. So often, the ways that we grow and are set free are through painful seasons. What has been exposed in our hearts and either gently or not so gently removed can actually set us up for a greater capacity for joy than ever before. This is the mystery that there can be hidden gifts along the journey. 
Isaiah 45.3 says, I will give you treasures that are hidden away in dark places. I will give you riches that are stored up in secret places. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I am the God of Israel, and I am sending for you by name. There is a mystery in the beauty and treasures that come from dark periods of our lives. I don't have any sufficient answer for suffering. All I have to offer is a way to move through suffering if we can't avoid it. And I am more confident than ever before that Jesus is worth trusting and embracing the mystery for. The hope we can cling to is that we will be healed. Our situation will be redeemed. We will be saved from all grief, hurt, and sorrow. The future hope we cling to is the promise of eternity with Jesus. God will take down every system of power that has silenced others and caused injustice. God will rescue us and wipe every tear of the sufferers. Then He won't just repurpose our pain. He will eliminate it and tear it up by the roots. We will be restored to a place where on earth as it is in heaven is completed. In the meantime, Jesus gives us space to hurt before God and with God. We can place our hope in the holiness and power of our God to bring all of our suffering to an end one day. I no longer want hope that is based on my circumstances. I want hope based on the way God is repurposing my pain. I want hope based on the companionship of Jesus who knew suffering well. And I want hope based on the promise of the redemption of this world. And still, we need to acknowledge our hurt and wrestle with our pain. We should pray from our pain. We can ask questions without clear answers. We can share our sadness, grief, and disappointment with God. How do we move through the pain to come to a place that Paul was able to write about to the Colossians? How do we hold these tensions of God repurposing our pain, finding comfort in Jesus who has known suffering and embracing this mystery? The answer and invitation is to trust. To trust that God is good and God is present in our suffering, and God will make all things new. I'll end by sharing three tools I have personally found healing and strengthening to move through challenging times. Gratitude, community, and presence. The first tool is gratitude. On the darkest days, I kept a journal with me that I wrote very ordinary moments that I was grateful for. A conversation with a friend, or partial blue sky that popped up from the clouds, or hearing a song that spoke to my heart. I also have been practicing a new way of praying to reflect on the day and think back to where God showed up. The day may seem mundane until I intentionally look for little ways God provided or moments that I was grateful for. The next tool has been living life with community. We need to find our fellow co-sufferers. I found this in my Garden City community, my small group, my prayer team, and others. These people have helped hold me up when I felt frail, when my hope was limited, and strengthened me in a way I didn't know possible. We have to let others into our hurt and our struggle to help hold each other up. For those supporting others who are in the midst of suffering, offer your presence and tears before anything else. It is our presence that can be the most powerful to stand with those walking through the valley. If you are asking them how they're doing, Maybe phrase the question to how are you doing today or in this moment, which might feel a little less overwhelming of a question. In my own journey, there have been days where I've held hope so close that it was the only hand lifting me up from the curled up fetal position on the ground. 
There have been other days where I've kept hope at arm's distance for lack of trust that I can carry disappointment if my hope is misplaced. I've come too close from allowing disappointment to just bury me alive and keep me from the abundant life of joy and sorrow, peace and suffering. There is a most precious form of worship that can be cultivated through the valley. There is a depth to living through loss and dead dreams with the wounded healer. And there is a mystery to discover in the protection and great kindness of a faithful father who takes his time to answer the cries of his children and answers the cries in a way we didn't expect. I'll end with a quote from K.J. Ramsey, who has endured the long-suffering reality of autoimmune disease. She writes, This is your one life, the scorched earth of your suffering, the daily fight of disease, disorders, grief, trauma, abuse, loss, and unrealized dreams and desires is the ground where God is breathing new life. You won't see it. You won't feel it. You won't become it until you stand on the ground of your life with courage today. And when you do, Jesus will stand with you with grace. In making you new through repentance, you and I continually turn and discover we are not slaves of suffering or prisoners of pain but daughters and sons being formed to reign with Jesus over a kingdom that will last. Love you guys and see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.